Welcome to episode 40 of The Photo Show. Recorded in the big room at our sponsor, SVA MFA Photography Video and Related Media Program, chaired by Charles Traub. Yeah, and we really appreciate having that sponsor. Uh, also, you know, having a space to just tell people to meet us at. So it's been great. Um, so Kai, what's going on? Well, uh, as everyone will be listening to this, it's probably at the very earliest be uh, Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day, everybody. One of our um, past guests on the show, Rachel Stern, uh, doesn't isn't in the mood for sending out holiday cards for like Christmas and Hanukkah, but she always makes these beautiful little four color booklets uh, for Valentine's Day. And mine res- uh, arrived in the mail yesterday. Sweet. And it has a fo- photograph of her on the cover saying, I'll cut your heart out. <laughs> so hello to Rachel Stern. <laughs> and for those uh, single ladies listening to the podcast, I am single. So Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh. come, on. Get, come on, get in touch. <laughs> Other than that, wait, is, uh, is, do you still have that Kai McLovin uh, hotmail address? Yeah, exactly. How'd you know? Uh, other than that, uh, I'm heading after this, I'm heading over to uh, Transmitter Gallery. It's the closing for their show, Photo 2, which we've mentioned before on the show. But uh, it's a gallery to keep uh, on your radar if you're coming through the city. And then uh, there's a number of lecture series things going on I could mention. So, uh, for example, at Pratt Institute, they've got their photo lecture series coming up in, on the 22nd is Aura Rosenberg. And they've got uh, Paul Graham and Lyle Ashton Harris also coming up this semester. So definitely worth getting over there to see some of those talks. Yeah, that's, that's a great series that Stephen Hilger and the Photo League put together. Yeah, great stuff. And uh, we do have uh, an upcoming episode with speaking with Jeffrey Berliner of Penumbra Foundation, and they also have a lecture series go on. You should go to their website. Uh, interestingly enough, another former uh, one of our guests, uh, Eileen Quinlan, she did a lecture uh, at Penumbra, too. She was just mentioning to me. Oh, yeah. Well, they have um, Andrea Modica and Larry Fink coming up on February uh, 23rd at 7 p.m., and isn't Abe, Abe Morell's coming through there, too? Right? And then, oh, yes, on March 7th, um, Abelardo Morell, Abe Morell, uh, is coming up. And, and if you haven't seen it, uh, Google um, CBS Abe Morell. They did a great piece on him with his traveling camera Lucida. Uh, it's a fantastic uh, video piece on him. Great. And, of course, I'm sure there's a number of you who are uh, in the process of applying for MFAs. This is the season where people are either waiting to hear back if they've got an interview or they've got an interview scheduled. Um, so good luck to everyone. Uh, I just have everyone bear in mind that sometimes you have to apply more than once. I know I applied uh, two years in a row before I got in somewhere. So good luck to everyone on that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so um, I have some exciting news. Uh, the, um, the first show of the JKC Gallery uh, which is the College Gallery for Mercer County Community College in Trenton at the James Kearney Campus Gallery. So the first show is up, and it is uh, C.J. Harker. Uh, C.J. is actually a former student of mine who then went on to UArts Philly, uh, but he's he's been doing uh, alternative processes, and he does uh, tintype portraits, and uh, the show that's up now is actually Palladium Prints of the last blacksmith shop in Trenton, New Jersey, and it's called Trenton Blacksmiths. It's up now running through March 9th. We're going to have a closing reception March 8th because it's the first show and, you know, it just took it took a little extra time to get everything together in terms of uh, mailings and things like that. But uh, very excited about that. And then in April, 
we'll have Wendell White uh, with his show Schools for the Colored. Um, which has been traveling around the country and doing really well. And, and we'll talk more about that when that's uh, up and running. Great. I assume you'll put a link up on our website to the address for the gallery and everything, right? Yes, absolutely. And uh, Michael is the director of that gallery, right? Is that the official title? Yes, I am the director, yes. <laughs> All right. So send your Valentines to me and your show proposals to Michael. <laughs> Actually, we'll have on the Facebook page, and I'll, I'll link to everything, We'll have uh, open calls for shows and things like that, but not yet uh, because uh, I'm a little swamped right now. Uh, I'm pretty much booked uh, for the next three semesters, uh, but, you know, uh, things will be coming along and, and we'll ha we might be able to have open calls when there's some downtime and things like that, too. Great. Uh, well, this episode 40 is uh, an amazing conversation with the photographer Jeff Mermelstein. Uh, I'm sure a number of you are familiar with him from his published books and uh, just uh, he's been out out there for a while doing combination of personal and commercial work. And I, I think one of the mo more interesting things that comes out of our conversation is him talking about his use of Instagram. And if you're not following him on Instagram, you probably will be by the end of this episode. Uh, he just posted today, a, I think it was today or yesterday, a <laughs> crazy picture of yellow snow that <laughs> yes. uh, was both enticing and revolting. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's definitely um, making good use of that platform. So, Yeah, I think he's the first photographer we've spoken to who's primarily working in Instagram, you know, at least for, for now. Um, and he hints at, you know, maybe doing something uh, in the future with the work that he's showing on Instagram, maybe showing it in a different form. Well, you'll definitely get that Jeff is uh, very passionate, engaged, and uh, thoughtful. And so I hope you enjoy uh, this great conversation we had with him. Yeah, it was it was really fantastic. So uh, enjoy the show, everyone. We'll talk soon. Please do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, take it's as, like take it, as many as you like. I describe yeah. it as a twitch. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're in favorable company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Getting the flash. Okay, too. now we're ready. Yeah. yeah. Right. Are you gonna post that anywhere? He's all <laughs> over oh, Instagram. I, I live social media. Yeah, he's all over Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Instagram, Instagram is what I missed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I checked. I'm out very, very galvanized by Instagram. I yeah. saw your yeah. Facebook, and it didn't seem like that was. Uh, yeah. No, no. Up to date. Facebook seems retro. Yes. Like dusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could jump right into Instagram because sure. I think uh, yeah. you've been using it quite a bit. Yeah. And, jump uh, is a good word. I, I think yeah. it's a jumpy vehicle. I really do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, for the last X number of months, it seems like you even have like a bit of a theme going, but uh, uh, is that how you feel about Instagram or just uh, <laughs> oh, uh, um, whatever? I don't, mi I don't mind the word theme. Yeah. Uh, point of point of view, vision, and uh, and uh, uh, to me are uh, uh, I think perhaps a better and more comfortable and more appropriate for for me as an artist uh, who uses a camera. And uh, so uh, yeah, I guess I, I, was... I think I think on a literal level, theme, themes can uh, happen with pictures, be it on Instagram or anywhere else, where there's like a continuity. Let's say I don't know faces or ankles or or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, I guess um, maybe point of view is the right term to use just for that 
recent posts you've been doing like these extreme close-ups mm, and mm. Uh, you know there's it felt like say separate from the edited bodies of work that are in the books or some of the mm. other works I've seen you show at slideshows these were mm. very specific like mm -hmm. oh I know, understand like, what you're saying yeah it's yeah. like oh yeah as soon as as I, as you scroll through the feed you know mm. people you're following on Instagram it's almost immediately obvious, like, oh, this must be one of Jeff's. Oh, it's like, you know, okay. Oh, I'm, fl I'm flattered. Yeah, it's really close. You know, it's <laughs> like, aha, you know. Yeah. So yeah. how did you come to start uh, posting on Instagram? Or did you? Uh, I gave some uh, dear, uh, trustworthy, highly intelligent colleagues literally a phone call uh, after having received a uh, out-of-the-blue text from another colleague who I have a, who, whose work is very dissimilar. Uh, but we have a, a beautiful... Uh, at times cerebral kind of exchange. He goes to me on a text out of the blue, like almost a year ago, uh, Jeff, uh, check out Instagram. I think it's just right for you. Hmm. And, uh, and I didn't know, I mean, I had heard of Instagram. The, the name Instagram sounded to me at that time like uh, the word Target <laughs> or CVS or something very not cool, right. uh, Instagram. Yeah. So I was very, very, very uh, uh, reluctant to even engage about contemplating this Instagram. Mm -hmm. I said, what the hell, you know? It's like, you know, it's like, why not uh, try this out? Mm -hmm. And so I engaged uh, and started taking pictures and, and, and posting. And almost immediately, I understood what the uh, buzz, shall I say, was about. Hmm. Uh, and, and for me, it ev has evolved uh, rather quickly and, and, and almost with a whirlwind uh, storm-like kind of fervor uh, uh, as a platform of delivery uh, or a launch pad mm -hmm. uh, uh, for image making that suits so well a street photographer. Uh, because we make pictures rapidly, mm -hmm. we make pictures uh, in great volumes, uh, and now in a digital age, even more so, and it's free. Uh, and then another friend texted me, I feel like, I mean, this guy posts way more than I out of Texas, and... Uh, and, and he says, it's like making popcorn. <laughs> His name is William Greiner, okay. a great photographer. He goes, like, uh, it's like making popcorn. It's free, it's quick, it's easy, pop, 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 you know, mm. and I'll never forget that. Hmm. Before Instagram, though, were you doing blogs or Tumblr or 500 pics or, you know, the, this blogs, Tumblr, 500 pics, anything uh, like that? I, I know. No, yeah. it would be cutting uh, film. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, literally. Were, yeah. you yeah. Thought, were you using your iPhone to even make pictures before uh, that? Intermittently. Right. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's like there's probably a thousand rolls uncut in my, in my office, 500 to a thousand, I'm sure. Instagram is interesting. It, it, it's interesting because it wasn't, it wasn't the, it's not the highest quality platform for showing your work, mm -hmm. but it has an immediacy. Mm -hmm. um, it has a much more social media way of working, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where mm -hmm. people just look at their account and there your, your photos come up and the more people look at your photos, the more your photos will come up on their feed and things mm -hmm. like that. And mm -hmm. whereas these sites that I mentioned before, you know, with, with Tumblr and, and 500 pics where the, you can get, you know, much higher resolutions and your images look so much better mm -hmm. and things like that. But mm -hmm. you have to make an effort to kind of go there mm -hmm. and look. It's like visiting a website practically, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can subscribe to things and all that. But, mm -hmm. but in some ways, those are more carefully curated, uh, you know, than than people's Instagrams because people yeah. will mm -hmm. have a tendency to just sort of post what they're doing at mm -hmm. the moment, and so there there is a greater immediacy, and it does feel 
um, more suited for street photography, things yes. like that. May, may I interject and, or, sure. or, 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 or add or... Or, 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 or disagree. Or, <laughs> yes, well, feel no, free. No, no, <laughs> uh, 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 give a different vantage point because sure. we all use, and that's one of the beauties, I think, in Instagram, uh, uh, is that we all use Instagram in our own, uh, I would think, uh, un sometimes unique ways. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there is the the uh, there is the speed, the rapidity. Uh, it's not it's not Snapchat, so it's it stays. Uh, but there is something new, or relatively new, about how we uh, connect with imagery on Instagram. Okay, so uh, for me, uh, it's a delivery service, and one of the many things uh, that is powerfully. Uh, uh, exciting, I think, about Instagram is I can share, or we can share instantly, globally, mm -hmm. with so, with some of the most uh, beautiful peoples or people in 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 our field, and 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 beyond. And to me, uh, to have that exchange, that kind of like it, it, you know, it's a little high schoolish. You know, how come he or she didn't like these? <laughs> Did he see it? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have posted right. that. There's all that, which kind of that's kind of like a tickle. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that that's fun. Mm -hmm. That's part of the fun of it. They're they're upping that game, by the way, because now you can bookmark people's photos. You can, I think, like their comments now. That's coming as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. So it's like going to the <laughs> shrink too, you know. But yeah. it's it, it's ultimately fun. Well, I mean, all this research is coming out about uh, the fact that you know likes and all of this stuff that feedback is going right to it's the same dopamine receptors are triggered by that stuff. oh yeah so, so of course yeah. like ooh, ooh, oh <laughs> how yeah. or you know and yeah you, and if you, then there's the feedback built into it like oh that's interesting every time i do this you know yeah. all these people respond yeah this yeah. other thing that i thought was yeah. so poignant that eh, you know yeah yeah <laughs> Two people said but yes. But you really, I mean, ultimately, as a, as, as a photographer, artist, uh, image maker, uh, that's expressive in their, in, in, in their use of image making, I, I, I think you, you, you're on your own. Firstly, you're on your own. You're not doing it to, <laughs> to like, impress. Or, I think if you follow your, if it feels right, uh, just like in any other part of our history, if it feels right, that's what it should be. Yeah. But it, it's so quick. Mm-hmm. But I feel like your use of it is I, I, maybe if I look through the people that I'm following on Instagram, yes. you can break people down into yes. different categories. There's people that only w will use it to like republish what I'd call like, you know, the finished work that they have in the other part of their life. And so it becomes like mm -hmm. they're like dribbling out their portfolio, like one image at a time on Instagram, yeah. for example. Yeah. Then there's other people that the majority of it is more social and just like, oh, I'm here, I'm there, you're seeing me who I'm with, blah, 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 blah. And then there are people who, you know, not always, but for a, a lot of the photographs <coughs> they're, they're posting seem like they're they're for lack of a better term, made for Instagram. You know what I mean? Like the, the, those, yeah. the photographs they're doing are reflecting yeah. the form of it and, and, and the medium it. of it. Medium of it. And, yes. and I would put you in that, in that third mm. category, mm -hmm. wouldn't you. you say? Yeah. Well, I, well I, I, I might differ on that one Okay. Uh, in, in terms of its uh, exactitude because like there is a, there is a kind of like a, an Instagram look mm -hmm. sometimes. Yes. Uh, to articulate it, I could do it. But I would need to think a lot. It might take some time. Um, but the shape and the volume and the feel and the suggestion often in the case of some of the pictures that we see on Instagram 
there's like a continuity of a look or surface kind of look. Yeah, I mean, like which relates to how the phone sees. Yes. Yeah. Yes. For sure. So my 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 one of my personal, not even challenges, but part of my work is to is is to break free. Ideally, because it's hard, is to break free of that and 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 get back to what you're saying <laughs> and not let it just be how it looks yeah yeah i find and, and getting back to what i was saying about the low resolution i find the it doesn't lend itself to subtle details like you know an instagram look if i were to say may what I, it may was I right up front oh please. i'm pumped up <laughs> yes i mean you know what about william klein okay <laughs> and his messed up negs that were over under yeah. and uh you know like grainy you know it's like i mean i mean that conversation has i think has significant limitations. I mean, ultimately, what we're looking at are pictures on a wall, okay? They look as they do or not. We have JPEGs from Thomas Roof, and they are mm -hmm. extremely pixelated into the, into the nuance of squares. Yeah, that, know, that wasn't yeah. A, a negative comment about it. What I no, meant was, I, what, I meant was what people... No, no, what I meant was, uh, I think people respond to that mm. by going for the bigger forms and things and things being closer to the camera. We were talking about the Instagram look and I think that mm -hmm. affects the Instagram look or influences the Instagram look. Well, I guess what I'm just, what I'm thinking about in terms of look is, is, is I think different than that. It's, and it's very hard to articulate. Uh, it's almost like a certain kind of idiosyncrasy that one might notice in the real world that uh, some photographers are doing and not belittling it at all, okay? Mm. But I see it, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that sees that. That is this a little, you know, like an idiosyncratic kind of, uh, uh, um, sometimes kind of like an odd, like, uh, presence, let's say, of uh, something on a, on a, you know, on a, on, on a certain level is incongruous. Mm -hmm. And that could be fascinating, e even, uh, even mysterious uh, in some cases. But there's... Um, there's 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 a plentitude of of that kind of image making, which I have less in personal interest in than those that are uh, emotional, soulful, uh, and, and have a, 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 an added level of depth of feeling. Is that is that does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, and that's maybe also why I was when I broke down those three categories and was lumping you more in the third is the idea that it's finding a way to use it where it connects back to the reason why you're making photographs in the first place, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like, for sure, it's always the same, you know? Yeah. I brought up William Klein, you know, Robert Frank, you know, Winogrand's Tilted Horizons. When that, when that first happened, that was like, what the fuck, you know? Right. It's like, it's crooked, yeah. <laughs> okay? And then you got, you know, it's like some of Frank's negatives are really thin, right. and they're like, you know... You know that 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 vertical picture of the uh, newsstand with the uh, newspapers—that's really grainy, mm -hmm. right. even, even at eleven fourteen. Mm -hmm. You know, so there, but it evokes a feeling, a mood, a tone. Winogrand uh, responds to that one of the documentaries about him, doesn't he? Where what tilt? Yes, oh, exactly. I that. <laughs> That's a, a perfect perfect timing because that interjection applies now. You know what inadequacy of of Instagram are we talking about? Let's talk about the. I think that's what Winogrand was saying. Let, let's talk about the picture. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Always. always. Damn. <laughs> so uh, I get. And this makes me want to wonder when you're, you know, as a as 
if we got to you've already used the term street photographer so we'll we'll you know there isn't there isn't the problem with the term street photography isn't that, is that we haven't come up with a better one i mean i yeah. don't feel like documentary photographer is a better one that's even um, broader maybe maybe a straight photographer you know interested in the real world that's just so you know we use yeah. the word street photography as, as someone who's out on out in the world yes. with a camera making yeah. photographs yes. uh now you're I mean, we've seen people uh, photographed you photographing, and you and usually with your Leica, and you're out there, yes. you know, taking pictures. And uh, is there now, is there a split between iPhone and uh, using your Leica? Like, no, I I adore the Leica, and I feel like I'm very good with using a Leica, which I've used for uh, decades, and. Uh, it's the well. We all know here. I believe. You yeah. know, we know how beautiful of a machine that is. Yeah. Uh, but right now, mine's at home. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And for me to for me to get to that point, or or to that break, uh, was not easy mm. because that's how emotional Leica is. I mean, the whole notion of that rangefinder mm-hmm. uh, and that thirty five one four. And that whole that whole that whole thing is you know that's forever a part of me. And you get you get used to just feeling it around your neck all the time as you're walking around, yeah, right? And yeah, then you yeah. leave without it. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like one day I just started. You know, my wife said, "Okay, go out the door without it." You know, <laughs> it's like you know, maybe without her I wouldn't have done it. Really? <laughs> yeah. How did that conversation start? Oh, well, you know, certain people in your lives know you better than others. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But so, what? But was that uh, in in essence? Um, you can t- use the iPhone now. You, you, I mean, you. Well, you weren't go- you I, I weren't use going the out. iPhone. I, I guess my fear, okay, my worry. I worry about everything. Okay, mm-hmm. my worry would be that I'd see something, mm-hmm. and that my insecurity, even though that that particular insecurity would be neurotic, okay, mm-hmm. is that what, like, what if something happened and I didn't have a real camera? Mm-hmm. Then what? Right. But I feel like you know, like I'm healthier now. Mm. Because I'm just more complacent, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, you know. <laughs> so, but you know, that's work, right? Yeah, it's, it's, conf- it's confidence. It's doing. It's it's it it's periods of time when it doesn't work, or you think it doesn't work, and it's just a new chapter. Hmm. It's and it's a chapter that is right now. We don't know what next year is. Yeah, and if it remains to be fun, I've been doing this long enough to know. If it's truly in your own heart, not in an interview telling someone else, if it's fun, if it's fun, if it feels good, uh, you really got to grab, you got to grab that because that, that, that's part of the, uh, you know, creative drive. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that answered exactly my question is, and, and it, but I didn't expect the part about uh, leaving the camera at home, you know, leaving the oh, mic at home. Oh, me, me either. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it took me 59 years to be able to be like that. Because hmm. as I recall, whenever I run into you, you know, at an event or something, you probably have had your camera with you. I've had my Leica with me every day of my life since I'm about 29 years old. Yeah. I mean, but literally, with rare exception. Right. Yeah. But, you know, that, that attitude of you need to be enjoying it and all that, that has been part of your philosophy about being a photographer as well. Um, that You mentioned that, you know, you could... You don't have. You're not an adrenaline junkie. Like you don't. You're not doing it because you're interested in the danger. You said something about. Um, I'd rather be here in New York photographing than in Gaza, right? Because 
You're you're interested in the the everyday and what you even refer to, I think, as the banal, mm-hmm. um, and making and that goes back to also I think what you were saying about Instagram that you were interested in the emotions, the depth of the photo. It, it was it's not all tied to an event or something like that. You're you're interested in seeing. Um, the uh, the well, like the emotional content, the the thing that draws well, you. Well, I, I, there's so many phrases that one could uh, interject. Uh, the hum- human condition, the in between, mm-hmm. uh, uh, how we are, how are we, how are we going to be? What indications are we seeing now for later? Uh, these all need to be seen uh, so that we can understand who and how we are, with the ultimate goal of being somehow to better ourselves. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's a critical function, and it's not only self-gratification. And another thing that's enormously uh, uh, powerful, I think, in our world, especially so, is that F word, but not the one you're thinking. And it's funny, <laughs> you know? Because we need, we, we, need, we need to recognize that so much of all of this, all of us, is funny. It's mm-hmm. seriously funny. So I don't mean ha-ha funny, but mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's tragic and it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's all messed up. It's funny. And uh, that's been a personal kind of like uh, uh, inner kind of yeah, thing, that, you know? Yeah, theatrical humor, right? The, Whatever yeah. the humor is. I mean, it's like, you know, if someone laughs and there's all kinds of laughs, you know, it's the role of a comedian in our society uh, for centuries to, to, to contribute something. And I, 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 I feel like I have a bit of that in me. Mm-hmm. I hope so. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, mm. it comes through in the work, oh, right? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, photography is a very, there's very few, uh, and I don't want this to come across as ego because I have more insecurities than ego. Of course, I have an ego because, I, you know, we need to as picture makers. Uh, but it's very hard to make a picture that's funny. And uh, I mean, truly funny. Mm. And uh, and uh, we don't see a lot of it. And there's reasons. I think it's because it's uh, it's hard, you know. Yeah. Mm. And, but to be funny without relying on slapstick, I think. Well, right? yeah, that's what I'm trying. I'm trying yeah. to put together the words. You know, there's um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, you know, one layer of you. You know, like a one li- a one liner. A one liner. Although one liners, yeah. you know, I think of the great Henry Wessel. Mm-hmm. Do we know Henry Wessel? Oh yeah. Now Henry Wessel has that picture of the word ice on a on a on a on a on a on a, on a sign in the middle of a desert. Do we all? We, one yeah. of his actual. Well, it's one of his iconic pictures. Now yeah. is that a one-liner? I think it, there are photos who that are that are humorous in that way. They start off as a one-liner, but yes. then they're made. They're made. They're with such great craft that there's more to it. Yes. Yeah. That's that's a that's nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you look at that ice picture. It's like it, it, on a certain level, it's a one-liner. They're, oh, whoa, the word ice. But the way he, I like that, the way he crafted it, and in particular in the case of Wessel, his prints are so uniquely yeah. beautiful. It's oh, like yeah. an experience. So you feel his frequency. You feel his message. So it's funny, but it's intelligently funny, and, co- and it's commentary. Yeah. I think that's why in that, that first set of books of his, the I forget what the title of the one that, there's one of the books. It's like the odd moments. Uh, well, I, I, yeah. Well, I forget the title of the book. I don't. I don't want to say odd it wrong. pictures odd is pictures. one of the volumes in the Steidl Five Six. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. And that, I mean, that book 
every one of those is like that. I mean, it, yeah. is, it pulls on that, right? Yeah. yeah. And comments on those things. But there's and such draws an intelligence in. in that. Uh, that's the thing. You can't be funny without the intelligence. That's what that's what comes through. In terms of what we're going to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's another it's a whole. That's a whole class for Charlie. You know, <laughs> me- memorability and image making. You know, yes, right. Oh, yeah. Well, what are the ingredients to making an image memorable? Yeah. Actually, Charlie mentioned you taught here for a little bit. I did teach. I, at, I we're did at a the crit School of Visual Arts. Yes. I yes, I taught yes. a crit class. Uh, uh, apparently, I'm at that. This is a while back. Philip Perkis was not well at the time, and I mm. and I. Um, I was Philip for a semester, <laughs> nice. and I, I enjoyed it. I still remember that. Yes, yes. But mm. you're also teaching at ICP now. Yeah, or? ICP. I've taught for long, very many years. You know, I yeah. one of my earliest experiences in photography when I was uh, 21 years old in uh, 1980, roughly speaking, I was an intern at ICP. Oh. So that's a long time ago. What kind of work was that? What kind of work was that? Yeah, what what was the internship? Well, uh, in 1980, it was very different than the school is today. It was up on 94th and 5th. Mm. Uh, There were only 12 of us. It was kind of this uh, special little boutique program where interns did everything like paint walls Mm -hmm. uh, for the Ray K. Metzger show that uh, Bill Ewing brought in and Paul Diamond and uh, Manuel Alvarez Bravo. And uh, and then... uh, on the other side, uh, we had classes like uh, how to learning how to make prints and so on, color in my case. Mm. And then uh, there were workshops, and I was lucky enough to take a, wor- a weekend workshop with Gary Winogrand, mm. uh, and that was, uh, as you can imagine, an inspiring uh, experience. And uh, many people came through, uh, uh, and we had artists in residence. We had Eugene Richards and A.D. Coleman and Mark Feldstein, mm. um, yeah. and all kinds of people came through. And it was just a, a few of us. It's like ten to twelve of uh, uh, interns. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like an amazing yeah. experience. It really yeah. was. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I, I, you know, for people like myself. Uh, who did not grow up in New York City. Okay. And, you know, I grew up all over the United States traveling around. But yeah. it seems like more pe- more and more people that were in the city and grew up here have these types of stories to tell of like formative moments where they were somewhere and like then they just list off the litany of like yeah. amazing people that they would, got to bump yeah. into because yeah. they well, happened I myself, to be here. I myself didn't grow up in New York. I, I grew up in uh, central New Jersey. Oh, where? And uh, well, a small town called Highland Park. Oh, yeah, uh, New Brunswick, X nine, yeah. I call it. Yes. <laughs> and I, I went to Rutgers College, and uh, I was a biology major, and I was a very unhappy, very unhappy biology major. And uh, uh, but I finished my degree, and uh, I was, I was one of those kids in high school that was an itinerant photographer, um, but I didn't know what photography was as a, as a, as a teenager. But I knew the mechanics of mm. photography. And I got to college and I had my affection for the mechanics of cameras and uh, making pictures. Uh, but I started taking classes in college and it was then that I became inspired uh, by being taught about Robert Frank, Diane Arbus, and Emma Gowan and, and, and uh, others as a very young man, like 17 years old. And, uh, uh, and it was then because of my disillusionment and what I was studying that I applied and, and, and was accepted to the ICP. And then oh. I moved to New York when I was... You said you, so you finished at Rutgers and then you went to ICP? Yes. Oh, okay. For a year. Mm-hmm. So uh, what did your parents think of that? Oh, my, my, my parents are Holocaust survivors. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. my father went to the sixth grade. Uh, he was a very brilliant man in his, uh, but not because of his schooling. He was a cabinet maker, a very good cabinet maker. Mm. And, uh, 
My mother, likewise, uh, who was a survivor or is a survivor of mm. Auschwitz, uh, mm. maybe went to f grade five, six tops. Uh, my point being, uh, not a judgment of uh, how smart or someone is because of their schooling. Um, they wanted me, particularly my mother, uh, to be a dentist, mm. which was a classic uh, first generation. I'm first generation. Sure. They wanted to see that their boy uh, be guaranteed a living. Yeah. And I was good in biology and uh, had dexterity and, you know, they, they, they saw their Jeffrey as being a dentist. <laughs> yeah. And so that was a big deal and not a bad thing, really. Because, of course not. Because no. I adore my parents uh, profoundly. Mm. Uh, but that's because of their background and the people around and social ingredients. Uh, that was the expectation of success for their son. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so when did they come to terms with uh, your decision? Well, they, I, there was a moment of when they came to terms. It was very clear. And my father, uh, my father, I had my first story appear in the New York Times Sunday Magazine. And I think it was uh, maybe a story about uh, Spike Lee. I think that was the story. And uh, so it was like this feature in the New York Times Sunday magazine. And when, when that came out, my father put it in the trunk of the car. And it was with him wherever he went. That my, oh. my son was in the New York Times Sunday <laughs> magazine. That was a, and I understood it. That's very sweet. And I was proud. That was a big deal. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. <laughs> that would have been in the 80s, roughly? Or? Uh, that was probably in the late 80s, mm -hmm. yes. If not, and maybe into the early 90s. Mm. And I, I believe I read online uh, somewhere that your brother gave you your first camera. My brother gave me at my... your bar mitzvah, Oh, maybe? yes. My, uh, my bar mitzvah present from my brother, who was seven years older. He went to Europe after college, and he came back with a Voigtlander rangefinder. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, so he uh, uh, gave me that camera. And when I was like 13, 14, 15, I had a dark room in the basement of a suburban house. Mm. Uh, and that's where... I became one of those high school photographer ki <laughs> kids, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so you go to ICP. Yeah. Um, and then what? Oh, then what? Oh, then, then what is a good question. I was uh, always, whatever, whatever uh, unfolded, I was always taking pictures on the street. And, uh, but I needed to think about commerce. Uh, so something opened up in the circle of people I was uh, uh, immersed in via my internship. Uh, and I became aware of an opening of a part-time job in the darkroom of a magazine called Geo. Oh, yeah. And Geo was a, it, it, well, it is a Gruner and Yar very, it's like a, a European National Geographic, probably even better in maybe some ways. That, I don't know, that's subjective. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually, you know, our, our National Geographic has vacillated and has become much more interesting uh, mm -hmm. photographically than the ones I've seen. But um, I, I got this job in the uh, launch during the launching of the American edition of uh, Geo magazine, mm -hmm. and it was the one most wonderful job as a young man or mm -hmm. and young photographer because I worked in the uh, darkroom three days a week, and they had health insurance and even dental insurance, and they paid me, and <laughs> uh -huh. it was like, and then I'd be making what we called or they called uh, uh, stats, which would be uh, well, perhaps you guys know. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, people would be doing transparency, uh, mm -hmm. Kodachrome, Ektachrome, and you'd butterfly the uh, the chrome out of the out of the mount, and then you'd take four or five. There was a special film. I don't remember it. A black and white stat film. I don't yeah. remember yeah, it. Yeah, a copy film of some something kind. like that. Right, you right. know, so you, you very carefully, respectfully, you take that uh, chrome out of the mount and put it in the head of some kind of enlarger and project it on this film, and then they had the stat machine. Uh, stats were like these almost. Uh, 
low quality but readable uh, enlargements to particular layouts that the uh, graphic designers and art directors would come into the darkroom with and say, Jeff, I want to see this picture on the page and and, 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 and they would they mark up like crops and stuff yes. on it, right? Yeah. And so exactly. like I had my Walkman on <laughs> and Alex Webb Chrome's over here. I go like a very, very, you know, as if they were my own. Of course. Okay, yeah. so right. there, there was that part of it. And then, and then all these people would be coming through because they were using some really great photographers, Jeffrey Biddle and, mm. uh, I mean, everybody, all the Magnum people. It's like they used a lot of very good reportage mm. uh, photographers so i get this all day long and then i kept showing the art director um my my portfolio because mm. even during lunch i'd be taking pictures and at that time it would be chrome you know mm. so you'd load up carousels and they had a projection room mm -hmm. i nice. mean and so i kept <laughs> like i don't know every few weeks showing and then the woman her name is uh, mary Kay bauman who was an uh, art director she said, Jeff, if you come up with a story idea, I'll propose it to the... Um, and Elizabeth Biondi was the uh, oh, wow. picture editor. Uh, yeah. uh, and so, like, I made... I, I, went, I went to the library, I think. And I don't know where I found it. Maybe it was People magazine, where there was an article about... A certain kind of article about animal actors, like uh, Morris and Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, animals in, in, in television and film. And so I, I researched this. I put together, like, a two-page proposal... They, they 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 liked it on the initial round and they sent it to the uh, I don't know chief whatever and they immediately approved the story mm. and uh, they got a a, a, a writer uh, Dick Conniff whose brother is a very good photographer I think Gregory Conniff uh, and then uh, yeah name sounds very yeah funny. and uh, and and they gave me this story to go mostly out west uh, I photographed Lassie Benji the Exxon Tiger. Uh, all kinds of animals. <laughs> so you had a budget. You were like on the road. Oh, and they was, sent you. Oh yeah, it was a serious first gig. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they were very excited, and uh, they decided that it want, they wanted it to be the the cover story. And so uh, mm. we got a session with Morris the cat. <laughs> a session. <laughs> a session <laughs> through Morris <laughs> through Morris's agent. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think it was like Edelman. I think it was Edelman uh, Public Relations. Right. And this is 1982. Uh huh. And uh, so we got like, I think it was like a hotel room in, uh, uh, in Larchmont. I think that's really where it was. Uh, we put up a black seamless. I had some. Uh, Morris will be arriving soon. Yes, it was a big deal. So we put, we, put, we put Morris on black seamless and we lit it with speedotrons and did that, that whole yeah, yeah. thing. And it became the cover. That's wow. great. Yeah. And uh, did your, your father get to see that too? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. And uh, did you go on to do more work for them, or was it back to the to the darkroom? Oh, uh, for that? Geo. Uh, well, I spent about I can't remember exactly in the moment, but uh, I probably spent another year there, and then started working uh, for other magazines. I remember Fortune magazine was probably the the magazine after that that gave me work regularly, and it was always like an enormous thrill to hear from Alice Rose George, who was the picture editor there, mm -hmm. to give you the license to go photograph your way on a commercial assignment. And then, so that, that really parlayed into the editorial career that I had uh, mm. well, after that time. That's something I'd like to dive into a little yeah. bit, is this idea of, <clears throat> because on the, on the fine art side, using that term, uh, a lot of times uh, thinking uh, like photographers that have a, a certain look or, or they get known for a certain body of work and yeah. then, you know, uh, 
some corporation comes along and says, ah, we love what you did here. We saw your show. We'd like you to do this with, you know, art, but make sure everyone's wearing our jeans or whatever like that. Mm. There's sort of that thing. And then there's, then there's this idea of like, oh, here's someone who's, you know, got a camera. They're engaged with the world and we just like to see what they do if they, mm -hmm. if they're photographing for us. But there's this negotiation perhaps on the, on the part of the photographer of, of, we were just talking about Instagram versus shooting with your Leica. Now, going out at lunch and shooting with your, you know, oh, yeah. hey, well, we, we're having no, come on, come in. on we're in, having a, a quick interruption. Here. Yes, yes. I remember my question. We have an introduction here. Michael Cho, no, hi, good to meet you. Well, so we're we're still we're alive, but yes, it's. No, not at all. This is a good part of it. That's right. Charles Traub just came in to introduce us to Jeff Neeson. Hi. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Pleasure. Nice to see you. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. I was getting a long way of just coming to ask, like, what is that like? This, you know, being out on the street photographing for yourself and then now now you're photographing for on, on assignment how does that change your engagement with it or um, well I have many years of experience with the diversity uh, 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 of the kind of commercial work that can that can come to a, a photographer such as myself uh, and there's others mm -hmm. uh, and um, I guess one of the initial things I could say is in respect to any of the commercial work that I've ever received, it's only been received by showing them, let's call it, my street work. Okay. And so that art director and uh, in the world of uh, advertising, that creative director and the, and the powers that be that put two and two together, uh, will con I, I feel, uh, w would need to connect uh, with how they think that photographer can bring something "Quote unquote unique or different or uh, um, even useful uh, uh, for that company mm. at, at at that time." So, and I, I was often startled uh, about about the connection with a certain kind of commercial work, with let's say uh, some some creative director uh, being allured to my work by particular pictures in my first book, for example, Sidewalk, mm -hmm. and and maybe Jeff can bring this to. You know, but then you get to a certain kind of advertising where there's stick figures, and you know it, it's like an upside down thing. Mm. But th there's still the possibility, even if it's the subtlety of a tilt or whatever, you know, to bring something of yourself to any situation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I've been I've been in that arena uh, of commercial work uh, more than once, and uh, and then more than once with more with more pleasure, uh, I find the application of a street photographer to lend itself to fashion. Sure. And uh, I, I've had great fun doing fashion because models let you photograph them. <laughs> and, like, the, you could tell them, go over this way or that way. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> you, know, right. you know, so I've had great fun doing uh, fashion, and I've done a advertising fashion and, and uh, editorial fashion. Uh, thinking of fashion and fashion photographs and working this, I when I was looking up, information about you a couple days ago you mentioned a photographer who i had not heard of uh louis fowler oh my gosh you've not heard of I louis had not heard of louis fowler okay this and, is a very important thing and it seemed like very mm. key to what you were just talking about yeah well we all have uh as image makers photographers we all have like these ingredients uh uh with the list of ingredients that comes under the, under the heading of other photographers mm. we all have a list of 10 mm. okay 
And that, t that list of 10 will vacillate, I would assume, for most of us. In other words, like today, it might be that guy. And maybe, but for me, uh, I, I think Louis Fowler will always remain uh, because uh, Louis Fowler has an extraordinarily poetic, uh, soulful resonance uh, in, in his work uh, that is just, I don't know, it's like Bob Dylan's voice. I mean, you know, he's really, he, he taught or he shared his darkroom with, with Robert Frank uh, and they were friends uh, and uh, he never received the, 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 the accolades. The, yeah. the, well, the, the accolades that Frank deserves and his body of work is far more, it's much smaller uh, the Cartier, no, the, there was a, there was a bit, there was a recent big exhibition of Fowler in Paris. And, uh, but there's, there's such a beautiful sadness in his work and a kind of strangeness sometimes too. Uh, it's just like, you know, with music, you have your kind of, maybe some of them are a little bit more esoteric than others in mm -hmm. terms of who you are scintillated by, but he, he touches me. I'm not alone, but mm -hmm. you, He's one of those people that touches me. Yeah. Especially in the genre of, of New York street photography. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I did do some research after oh. stumbling across the name to just see, and I saw the, I mean, the, everything you just said about the, the hints of, you know, melancholy that yeah. next to there. Yeah. I mean, there is a bit of a, a, maybe it's just the era, but, you know, I was reminded of Ouija, of course, mm. a little bit. Mm. But, you know who, uh, who mentions Fowler is... Um, Susan Kismarek. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. When that show was up, I think. Or, really? or about that show. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure if she had a hand in that or, or she just knew about it and was talking yeah, about it. Yeah. Yeah. About it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he's, he's a great photographer. And uh, he has a picture called, uh, well, he has several iconic pictures. One is Eddie. One is twins. I think it's twins that Arbus re referred to as, uh, as being one of the influences. And it makes sense yeah. uh, with his pictures of twins. And uh, early on, uh, or years ago, I believe it was Eggleston, um, who, who was uh, uh, very uh, vocal about his uh, appreciation of Fowler. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm a real Eggleston head, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah? I'm crazy about Eggleston. I shook when I went to the book signing at the Strand. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, well, the, Eggleston's name also comes up a lot uh, in the idea of... Uh, if there was an Instagram aesthetic, like mm -hmm. a lot of times his name gets brought up as like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like that that color. Like there's the photo talking about iconic photographs. There's a photograph of his of uh, it's on the airplane with oh, the, yeah. the drink. Yeah, I mean, yeah, or, or the Coke bottle on the hood of the car. Yeah, I mean. That looks a lot like things that people are drawn to photograph well, and share on Instagram because of like mm -hmm. you're suddenly aware of like the beauty and the color of the world and yes. like that you're at this moment and I like this if I may explore yeah uh, Photo Eye we know Photo Eye sure. yeah. they asked me I was so flattered because I'm not really a writer although as hard as it is for me to write uh, in the end I'm often uh, excited. Uh, uh, but they, they asked me to review, uh, that is, photo I, or they gave me a choice, and I proposed, and they agreed, and that, that's why I was flattered, to review Eggleston's Steidel release of The Democratic Forest, which is a multi-volume set, maybe 10 volumes. Are you guys familiar with The Democratic sure. Forest? Oh, yeah. So there's like 10,000 pictures in this. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, enormous. And I, I felt, and still feel, that that particular Eggleston body of work is kind of like the foundation of this whole Instagram thing. Because of the enormity of the amount of, of, of uh, photographs and the kind of uh, 
I use this as a compliment when I use the word nonchalance, okay? Mm. But this kind of nonchalance, kind of like fleeting, uh, kind of like uh, rendering uh, quickly of ordinary, uh, if not banal, flashes, in his case of the American South in color, kind of lays the, the foundation or uh, is, is like a kind of like network of roots of this whole enormous thing on Instagram. Yeah, I, that's I a great way to describe yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the that's on PhotoEye. We should link to that article. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd like to read it. Yeah. Too. Well, uh, this is completely off topic, but I, it did remind me of uh, William Christenberry, who, of course, we just we just yeah. lost recently. Yeah. I mean, the work is unrelated, but they were they knew each other and were yes. friends and yes. talking about color photographs from the South and yeah. all of that. See, like that, that's too that too relates to how you brought up Fowler, uh, and I didn't use the word yet. Uh, it's not original, but it's a good word. That is poetic or poetry. I mean, what is poetry? It's about feeling, emotion, and and so on. So it's like when we talk about Fowler, Eggleston, and, and, and others, you know, Arbus and others, Ouija, we can go on and on and on. You know, there's like this kind of, there's like a, there's a poetics to mm-hmm. it. But I love it all. I love the, I, 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 I love, I love the clear dryness of Walker Evans too. Yeah. You know, and a, a certain, and the rightness of uh, Freelander mm-hmm. and, and the, and the gene, genius kind of construction of mathematics, that, that's, his, that's his take on it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How often do you, um, I mean, do you uh, enjoy photographing outside of New York, Is, you know, in the same way, in other ways? Do you make a point of, you know, uh, just traveling and making sure you're still, like, interested in other things and other places? I, li- and- I like being home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like I like to travel too. These days, my travel usually is with family, but even when I'm doing that, even if I'm going to my mother-in-law's in Skokie, Illinois, I I have a I have this kind of regimen of like I'm going out to take pictures, and it's all mm-hmm. understood even on the family mm-hmm. level, and uh, it's just part of my rigor because yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, you know, because otherwise we can become dissuaded, and uh, and sometimes it, we need to be dissuaded. Uh, but in in the norm, we need a discipline, a rigor, and a, 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 a and a method to our work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've got a uh, you have to have a role too in the family in a way. It's like of course. that's that's yeah, who that's you what, are, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I have a twelve year old boy, and uh, and uh, you know, I I every day almost think about you know because he knows how how obsessed I am with what I do. But I see, he, you know, I don't think he's going to be a photographer, but I, he has his obsessions, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. it's all part of it. Uh, well, well, maybe I'll jump forward a little bit. So you, how did you go about winning and getting this European Publishing Award, which led to the publishing of your first well, book, Well, there's Sidewalk. a particular path. Uh, it, it'll be imperfect, but I'll do my best to articulate it. So this is 1999, and it's actually a pretty big year for you. It was, a, it was yeah. an extraordinary year. Uh, my friend Bruce Gilden inspired in me, in part, the notion, I feel, of, of perhaps doing a New York book. And uh, to do that is very difficult uh, because there's been so much done on New York and we're kind of not interested in New York in New York. Yeah. But Europe, Europe always loves New York. So how, how can uh, one uh, up the, uh, you know, the chances of success in that kind of very, well, it's all hard, but we do our best. So... Uh, I went to the Frank- Frankfurt Book Fair uh, with. I ha- firstly, uh, hired a young, talented uh, um, uh, book designer, Francesca Richer, who was working for Yolanda Cuomo at the time, 
who uh, excitedly agreed to do a, a, what we call a book maquette mm -hmm. uh, for Sidewalk. Uh, Bruce uh, gave me the brilliant idea, I thought, to go to the Frankfurt Book Fair with two copies of that. The premise of the Frankfurt Book Fair is not to go around and hustle, nor is it in my nature to be discourteous and go to a, a book counter, you know, where people are trying to sell their new titles and say, hey, can I show you my book? <laughs> I mean, that's not nice. Right. You know? So, but by having two, firstly, brief maquettes, not the book entire, you know, and very beautifully made, uh, nice maquettes. Uh, but with only 25 of the 59 pictures that ended up in Sidewalk, I was able to go around uh, the Frankfurt Book Fair and amongst others, uh, I met several of the people that were part of the European Book Publishers Prize. In other words, the, the, that, that prize is comprised of varying five European publishers that co-publish. So some of those people were there. And I'd say, you know, uh, not now, but if you have the time, may I, leave one may I leave a copy of my book maquette with you? And at your leisure, if, if it's okay with you, uh, can you look? Because then I still have another one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought that's such a good idea. <laughs> and, but then you'd come back later to collect that one? Or, well, yeah, whatever yeah. it took, really. Yeah, I mean, I if you're waiting for like a publisher, especially with your first book that you know is going to engage with you in any way, yeah. that would be what you were there for. Because gotcha. I went to good, you know, these are all real publishers. You know. So I, I, I met several or introduced the work to several people that way. And then I think it was the year next that I applied with the same maquette for the prize. And then I was working in my office. I think it was a Saturday morning. I get a call from Gunter Braus, uh, uh, the German publisher, on that uh, year uh, and told me the news that I won the prize. Mm. Wow. So you, you sowed the seeds the year before, basically, then. Well, I... Uh, I I made some people aware of my work, yes. yeah. yeah. So is it then from there that the book gets published? So and then very quickly, actually, uh, at that time it wasn't digital, so I needed to have uh, prints made, uh, good prints, 1620s, and uh, the book was printed in Barcelona, Spain. Mm. And uh, so I went to press, they flew me. I received the award at the Arl Wonderful Festival. Yeah. Uh, and Leica gave me a, a, a camera with a, a lens of my choice, a 3514 Sumulox, and they flew me. Wow. Oh I was like, oh my God, you know, it's like yeah. pageantry. That was nice. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was, it was truly. Yeah. And, and then that, now that, you've got a camera and a book. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and that book spawned some shows as well? Or I, show? I've had several shows mm -hmm. uh, in varying ways of the work uh, 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 sidewalk. I'll be signing a handful of copies at Howard Greenberg tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah, they invited me to sign some of my books. I oh, thought that okay. Was very nice. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, there's a Spanish language version of that well, book. Well, there's too, five right? there's German, French, Spanish, Italian, and English. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. And it's very hard to come by these days. It's sold. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Will um, your most recent book be there? Is that Twirl and Run? Yes, I have a handful of copies of uh, Shrink-Wrapped uh, Sidewalk, and I have a handful of copies of No Title Here, which was my second book, mm. which I'm very proud of. Uh, have either of you ever seen my book called No Title Here? I, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, No Title I, Here is comprised of about uh, more than 20 years of pictures. Uh, roughly half of them are outtakes from commercial uh, ma uh, magazine assignments, uh, and half are self-generated wanderings. Mm. But it's a real quirky uh, book that uh, they couldn't, uh, in this case it was Powerhouse, they brought the book to the Frankfurt, Frankfurt Book Fair. None of us had a title, so they, <laughs> they, had it on, they had it on the shelf, no title here. Oh, that's great. So that's what we ended up using. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And then my third book is uh, Twirl Run. 
Oh uh, yeah, mm. yeah. The, I, so I was taking a look at uh, on the Powerhouse website at the some of the Twirl Run mm. images, and mm. and um, and that really that's an interesting book. It's um it's kind of all about the the anxiety and nervousness mm-hmm. uh, of New York. Right? Yes, of I think so. Yeah, Twirl Run in its moment was a very big break for me, uh, or deviation, or. Uh, and so, like, uh, I I had obsessively been taking pictures of every, well, man or male that has run by me on the streets of New York for many years, at least 10 years, uh, or probably more. Uh, so I had this collection of uh, uh, photographs of, uh, of uh, mostly men running. And then I started to uh, accumulate pictures of women twirling their hair. I came home with one. I made a 1620. I liked it. And then without really going out the door saying, I'm going to go get some twirling today, mm-hmm. I, I would encounter more twirling and it kind of snowballed into, I don't know, 150 pictures of women twirling mm. their hair. Mm. Uh, and then I have a great friend in Stockholm. His name is Gregor Ulf Nielsen. Uh, he's a great book designer and uh, he has a gallery called Gun Gallery in, uh, in Stockholm. I came to visit and uh, I showed him this work and he eagerly would express wanting to make a book out of this. And he came up with the idea, at first it was like two volumes in a slipcase, and then it evolved to what it became, that is uh, a combination, and I think a unique way of layout where he put grids of six on facing pages of, of twirlers and running, mm-hmm. and, and men running. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the cover is also very graphic. And yeah, well, Gregor's yeah. very uh, graphic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it. you said deviation, is that because it's one of the most sort of... Uh, Project-focused ideas that you yeah, had. Yeah, I mean, it was a devi- it was a it was a new thing for me to be. Let's call it conceptual. It's a dangerous word, but it's a little <laughs> bit conceptual, you know. Mm-hmm. And, sure. Uh, so it it went. In, it wasn't like sidewalk or even no title here, where every picture on a spread is this picture that likely could go there on the on the wall. It's more about mm, the spreads and the multitude of pictures and and the vibrancy mm-hmm. of how that feels in a book. That, yeah, was a, that was a different thing for me. Yeah, and the gestures and that scary. you run across. And, and that else. too, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, that I, this jumped ahead of a question I was going to ask you related to that body of work and just talking about the editing process, which is obviously so, well, it's critical for all photographers, mm. but I, I think um, most especially for people that are making a lot of photographs on the street and, and not that are not orchestrated by them, but I mean, not orchestrated in the sense of telling people where to go. Um, that editing becomes so crucial. And uh, in that body of work, I was curious to know how much of it was going back through and editing from, you know, decades of work, or was it more that you, what you, you just sort of hinted at, you, you recognize that you had this pattern of ones from a certain period of time and then you added to it. So there was like, it's like a combination of yeah. going through your archive and making an edit yeah. and then also making new work with that in mind, right? Well, it's like, it, it's, it unfolded like this in a sense. Uh, in terms of running on, on contact sheets for more than 10 years, every time there would be a picture of running, and I'm not saying a picture was marvelous, I'm just saying any time there was almost a rendering of running mm. that was sharp <laughs> and, and, and that you could even tolerate looking at, I would indicate on a contact sheet, you know. Uh, I just did that without thinking about anything other than, oh, that's... Just like, got another we all have these kind of like Michigas, like oh yeah, you know, but sometimes there's a method to it that doesn't emerge until later, you know. So uh, so that had been ongoing. In terms of women twirling, like I said, I made a picture of a woman twirling, and it's a pretty nice singular picture. Uh, and then I made a couple others, and then I really started looking 
in between. I didn't like just go out to do a story on women twirling. Right. But I became more more focused or uh, it, it catches your attention more when you start. Yeah, it's in it's the just, back of your head. Yeah, more. Yeah. yeah. Like even today, if you go out there and you're thinking about women twirling your hair, I almost guarantee that you're going to see someone right. twirling yeah. their hair. The example I always give mm. when I tell my students is if you ever th are thinking about buying a certain car or a certain anything, yeah. then all of a sudden you start seeing it everywhere. I mean, it, you exactly. just you train your you train yeah. yourself. To, and I think another influence, another influence, or or, or uh, injection would be an awareness of how Freelander has spoken about how he builds bodies of works. I think uh, even with birds or whatever other projects, monuments, for example, we all know about Freelander's monuments. He he, let's say he has a let's say a, like a print box on a shelf, and on the edge it says uh, monuments or American monuments. And over, in his case, let's say like 25 years, he kept putting, let's say, work eight tens in there of a monument and monuments. And on top of that would be another box, I don't know, birds mm. uh, or and other, many, other, in his case, many other. And, and over years, uh, Freelander has been, has told told us that that's how he's yeah, uh, accumulated these. And, and then they appear as a book on American monuments. So <laughs> did he go out and take pictures of Ameri American monuments all day long? No, but it became regular. And in his case now, he's had so many decades of yeah. work that he's able to like pull from. If he recognizes something, he's able to pull from all these things yes. and add new things to yes. it, which is, I think, a lot of the new books have been doing that. Mm -hmm. So editing is still looking at contact sheets and making marks? Well, not in the moment. I, I, I'm addicted to this phone, mm. you know, so we all know what that is. We look, I look at pictures on the phone. So now we're in Lightroom or? Uh, <laughs> just well, eventually the they get into Lightroom, yeah. yeah. But I, as I said, uh, uh, I have all these negatives that aren't even cut because I'd be, I'd be uh, developing only my 35 millimeter, 36 exposure rolls color neg in my case. And uh, I like to have I like cutting them myself and sleeving uh, mm. for two reasons. One is I like to view the negs with a Schneider on my own to have my first encounter with an egg. Mm. I adore still doing that, although I haven't been doing that right now, uh, but the negs are still there. <laughs> but I like cutting them and then sleeving them and having that first encounter with negs. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, hmm. And then so you have someone make the contact sheets or you're making the contact sheets Well, yourself? I'm way behind in the contact sheet department, as many of us are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I, uh, if something uh, 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 excites me in any way uh, from a negative point, even I'll make a little four by six uh, instant print on, oh. a, on a, like a $250 Epson all-in-one. Sure. <laughs> I'll just shove it in there and then I tack it up on the wall. Yeah. Ah. But I haven't been engaged with that right now. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What are you engaged with right now? Instagram. And are you also thinking of doing something um, with that Instagram work more formally? Oh, I will, I will make, a, like I will make a book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Want to share anything more with them? Uh, <laughs> well, it's not crystal clear to me. As soon as it yeah. is, I will. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. No, that's, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm not gaming with you. I, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's something will... Will work. Uh, jumping back in time a little bit here, do you want to talk about, or would you mind talking about uh, photographing after September 11th? Because you've got some work from then, right? Well, on, uh, well, Charlie, it's interesting because I'm here and Charlie's here. I, yeah. I, on 9/11, I and many, if not all of us, that were that kind of photographer went and photographed. And uh, uh, my pictures, uh, I'm proud to say, became the portfolio of the New York Times uh, Sunday Magazine. Uh, and also, I gladly. Uh, donated uh, pretty much all I took that day to uh, Here is New York. Right. And so yeah. that was part of that uh, exhibition and um, 
and book. And then the ICP exhibited a, a portfolio of that work that Stephen Kasher Gallery at that time uh, published. And so it was, there was a nice kind of coincidence that there was a Wintergrand 1964 show. That was the big show at the ICP, and they had a room of my 9-11 uh, uh, mm. work, yeah. mm. which is an aberration. Well, it was an aberration for all of us. Yeah. Uh, it was a, a certain kind of aberration for me. I'm not a war photographer, mm -hmm. but uh, we all did what we could that day. Mm. Right. Are you with a, a gallery now? No. Are you looking? <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually now starting to uh, to focus on that aspect of my of my photography. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then, uh, boy, I, I'm jumping on because I'm looking at my notes. I just wanted there's things, certain things I wanted to ask you about. Is yes. um, I'm uh, having fun, by the way. Oh, oh good. good. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> always good. Yeah, 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 I'm glad. No, I mean we're so lucky. We really are. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It's Friday morning. We're talking about photography. Yeah, this yeah. is a privilege. This is absolutely a privilege. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I will yeah. never lose sight of that. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Absolutely. Um, how did it come about in 90, is it 91? You got the Aaron Siskind Foundation, Yeah, right? I, that was, you know, having Sidewalk published, that was a big, and remains to be a very, very profound uh, lifetime event. Uh, but the first grant I ever got, and I know Charlie was, uh, I didn't know Charlie at that time mm -hmm. at all, but uh, I sent in, uh, I remember it was 10 chrome, copy chromes, 35 of, in my case, 1620 color prints. Uh, and then I, I guess, it, yeah, I, I still have it because it was typed, I think, on a typewriter from, mm -hmm. Victor, from Victor Schrager, I think, maybe, that I received there. I was one of the people that received, along with others, including, I think, Barbara Norfleet, mm. uh, that received the Aaron Siskind grant. Maybe in the first time it was, I'm not sure if it was the first or second time, probably in the earlier times it was given. And that was the first grant I ever got. Mm. Um, and it, it kind of like maybe vilified or helped um, temper my own, maybe, I think, natural insecurities of, like, you know, who we are. I was, uh, you know, a lot younger, too. <clears throat> so it was a really wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was for, it was unlike uh, getting the cover of a magazine or something. This was for your yeah, work. Yeah, no, I've had to grapple with that my whole life, that separation if one needs to have between personal art and so on. Uh, yeah. So, uh, no, these were 10 pictures I remember from, my, at the time, I kind of cold a body work that I referred to as my summer series. I'd go to theme parks, water parks, locally, and sometimes like I'd take an airplane to like Columbus, Ohio, and Florida, and just like gallivant around with quote unquote summer, <laughs> kind of, you know, bathing suit, kind of outdoor, warm stuff. And so that was, that was from that body of work. Mm -hmm. An edit of 10 that you submitted. Yeah, yeah I remember ten, five and five chromes, yep. Nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was, I think that's the third time I've heard you uh, mention 16 by 20. Is that, oh. The, oh, yeah. is that the size yeah. that you well, see your Well, for years, prints? and I mean, in my case, it would be a lot of years, uh, I'd be making uh, 1620 prints on my own. Hmm. And, then, and then as I got older, had other things to do and so on, and kind of lost touch a little bit, I would use printers. But typically, my prints would be 1620. Do you still have a darkroom, or now do you no. use, just use ICP? If you no. are in it, or no, you're just no, not no, in no. it all? Yeah. No. Well, no. <laughs> I, I recently invested in an Epson in my office. Oh, okay. Yes. A, a lot of, I mean, photographers that we speak to and ourselves, there's this 
there's something about that feedback of thinking in a certain size, right? So if you if you mm. were looking making 16 by 20 prints for a number of years, I'd imagine when you're out photographing and deciding, you know, how close to get to something or or will something, you know, of a certain size in the frame be visible or what's the relationship between all of these oh, that's things? That's very here? interesting. Yes. Uh 1620 to me always had a lot of intelligence because it uh, is a print where you could still hold it in your hands without any stretch. It's 1620, mm. but it's pretty big. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and professional, you know. Whereas with an 8x10 uh, or even 1114, it, it really differentiates from that. Mm. Uh, and two, on the wall, it's just on the verge of big enough to be kind of big. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, we think about all the rest. Like Winogrands were kind of 1114-ish. Early Freelander kind of like 810-ish, even 69 on 810. Yeah. Or half, yeah, you cut 1114 yeah. and half even. Oh, well, I don't know the nuances or yeah. those intricacies. I don't have that knowledge, yeah. but I, I do have the knowledge of like approximately yeah, less seeing that size. The yeah. image being 69. Now that's small mm -hmm. I, lo I love it you know <laughs> and nicholas nixon takes an 810 neg or whatever that mm. big field camera neg is right. and he makes a contact sheet and it's 810 <laughs> you know so yeah. and then i had when i had a big show at stephen cash and when i was represented there uh we took the plunge and had 3040s made mm. from some maybe 12 or so of my sidewalks so that was a beautiful experience you know to see 3040s yeah. Uh, from 35. Yeah, well, my experience now uh, working with graduate students uh, at Columbia is yes. that they have all these, you know, they have like a Monday night studio visit. People are coming into their room and they they very rarely make anything smaller than 2024 or 30 by 40 because, well, they're, yeah. you're using the inkjet printer and yeah. they, they yeah. can, you know, it's 44 inch wide paper and you're gang some up. And Crank uh, it. I. I, I, I don't know. I find it difficult to imagine like always living with every one of your like work prints and everything being at such a large scale all the time, yeah. you know. In terms of work prints, I like uh, most recently I use uh, five by seven. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. My son That's has, a a, my, I, I yeah. abuse my son's uh, all in, I guess you call it an all in one. Yeah, an all in one. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. <laughs> nice. Pop. <laughs> but five seven's nice. A five seven's beautiful. Yeah. 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 I wonder also thinking about uh, color photography. Yes. Because, uh, and even when you just mentioned, oh, well, 16 by 20 is professional. There's also, I think there's a, there's a distinguishment between so many people would have seen color photographs, uh, you know, four by six, five by seven, you know, you, you encountered color photographs. You mean on snap, a, in a snapshot yeah, manner? Yeah, or, or yeah, family photographs or whatever. You, yes. you encountered them at a certain scale. Yeah. And, and I, I like I remember the first uh, the first show I saw probably of uh, large color photographs was um, Robert Maplethorpe. Uh, Maplethorpe color. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Oh, the, I'm not familiar. It sounds great. They're like, you know, they're crazy. Um, uh, not die sub. What's the? I just lost the word. Die transfer. Yeah, they're beautiful die transfers. Okay. You know, so and uh, but they were probably 16 by 20. They were that kind of a scale, and it all of a sudden like. Color, which you I, you always had a relation. I had a relationship to out of a certain size. Just seeing them bigger, nothing else, but just seeing them larger mm. changed your perception of them. And then seeing like 
uh, color photographs made with a medium format camera versus or a large format mm -hmm. camera versus 35, mm -hmm. you're used to a certain grain structure, a certain mm -hmm. way that a color photograph looks. Mm -hmm. Similarly, like it transforms mm -hmm. and you think about it differently, right? Yeah. Well, a lot, a lot is going through my funnel uh, yeah. in, in, terms, in terms of I this. didn't articulate a question, but I just, I no, was thinking well, about 16 no, by 20. we're having a conversation. Yeah. It's yeah. great. I mean, it's like I'm thinking about Gursky. Mm, and course, I'm yeah. talking about my first encounter with what is this? I mean, this, the, the, his prints the size of that wall. Yeah. I mean, what's that? With every detail described yes, and every and then color. Yes, you walk up to that Toys R Us one and you right. go in there like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then, of course, like, you know, the tech in you wants, like, how did he do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's like, okay, and then you leave and you don't really care, but you got to, like, how, whoa, what's he using? Yep, yep. And so and that, that was different. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And then you have, like, uh, what for me was a nice experience or that I'm remembering in the moment was Sternfeld taking mm -hmm. an 810 color nag and making not Gursky size prints, but, no, for, but I don't know how right. big, they were pretty big, right? Yeah. 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 And you go up to them and it's like, it's clearer than real. Right. You know, that was like. That was my introduction to color photography. Uh, yeah. Sternfeld. Oh, yes. That's yeah, a big yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely changes our perception about it. Yeah. Uh, is there a back trove of Jeff Mermelstein black and white photographs that oh. no one's seen? or? <laughs> I have made quite a few black and white pictures. Back in the 80s, uh, Vanity Fair magazine had me do parties. And so that, and, and then like I, I had these assignments, sometimes Stern magazine, Germany had me do mm. some black and white. And, uh, and uh, earlier on, I had walked around with, like many of us, uh, black and white. But it's much smaller. I mean, I, I became addicted to color at ICP as a 21-year-old in a color dark room, which at the time we, we, floated, uh, we floated trays in, uh, we didn't have a Calenta or Hope mm. processor. Wow. No, we, had, we floated water trays baths. in a temperature-controlled water bath. <laughs> yeah. That and must I have also, smelled lovely. <laughs> and, I, and I also became very obsessed with a process called cibachrome. Oh, oh yeah. sure. So there was the type C uh, in, in, in the yeah. trays, and then there was cibachrome on a drum base where you... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so... The, we, little, the little machine, the, the like the Cap 40 process. Cap 40 process, yeah, and at the yeah. tail of it, you had to neutralize the fixer even before you put it down the drain. It was so yeah. caustic. Oh, yeah. I did a lot of that. And, uh, did you wear a mask? <laughs> uh, I probably did. Okay. Yeah. The cibachrome uh, especially. Yeah, yeah I love that cibachrome. And um, I told my wife to never sell my cibachromes. Mm -hmm. I made them myself, and there's not a huge amount of them. And I don't know, they're just so, and there are not too many of them. So there's like very, they're very personal to me. Sure. Uh, and um, the, what, what fused this train of thought for me was uh, uh, I felt from the very beginning, and there was an even earlier beginning to it, which I'm remembering now, uh, that uh, color for me early on became like uh, M&M candy. It became kind of like this kind of LSD trip uh, of excitement with color chips. Uh, and, and I remember uh, studying with a teacher, uh, Susan Shaw, back in the uh, early 80s at ICP. And then I, and then I, I was a, a TA for another color photographer, Joe Maloney. Are you guys familiar with Joe Maloney? The man's a very wonderful photographer. At ICP? And I'm sure yes. Charlie knows him because he was at Light Gallery then. Oh. Uh, he had been working at Light Gallery building art crates, but he was driving around and making uh, four by five uh, color negative uh, Wista uh, uh, suburban landscapes, and they're mm -hmm. extremely beautiful. Uh, and then, um, and then earlier, or earlier to all of that at Rutgers, I was taking a class um, 
with a fairly esoteric but very, very fine photographer, Nathan Farb. Uh, and he had us, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, instead of a bla developing bra uh, black and white, he had us communally go in a dark room and develop a roll of ectochrome. Mm. Mm. So we put it on a steel reel and, wow. and go through all these temperature processes, E6. E6. And then in the end, when you take off your, your strip of film, you go like this. And you see it immediately. You got 36 chromes uncut. <laughs> that, that really, I'll never forget that. Yeah. These little chips of color, that was psychedelic. Hmm. No, I, I really mean that. That was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier when you were talking about cutting your film and yeah. getting that first look of the film. Yeah. But that, that, that stuck with you then, well, even though it's it, negative, I assume. Yeah, it is negative. But so, still, yeah, it's still it, like looking yeah, at the film. Yeah. But with color negative for me, I'm, I don't have the ability to see what the colors are with that amber No, you transition. can't. You really can't re reverse it in your mind. I guess some, no. some can proclaim to. I, I guess can't. like real... Serious. Some color printers probably can't. I, I've been shooting color for decades. Yeah. I can never do but it. But when yeah. I when I loop when I loop a nag, I see it's almost reduced to black and white, and I'm responding to a sure. moment. Sure, absolutely. But yeah. there's still you're still there's something about that moment though. You're like you said. You talked about encountering the film as you're cutting it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like when you when, when it's like a, I use the word moment. Uh, um, uh, it's almost like a, a get, I, I'll get a buzz. There's like a buzz. It's almost mm. like a music thing. Yeah. It's like a vibration. Yeah. A photographic vibration. <laughs> that rarely happens, but when it happens, we all know it. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, I know photographers who don't they they don't they prefer not to look at the film until it's on a contact sheet or until they see it. I, I don't, in, and yid, I, in Yiddish there's the, there's a phrase there's a phrase called zitzfleisch. Hmm. I have no zitzfleisch. Do you know what that means? No. That means patience. Well, ah. oh, and, and literally, hmm. the translation means uh, sitting uh, meat. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't sit still. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can't, if I, you know, even going to the lab to pick up the C41 uncut, right. I rarely could wait to bring it all the way back home to Brooklyn before I take it out of the sure. box as a pain <laughs> yeah. in the ass as it is. I oh, gotta yeah. do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've done it on the train. I, re I remember <laughs> I'm picking up, you know, E6 from, from Dugal and oh, yeah, there, like, do, 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 the light do, do, tables were all there. Yeah, but Schneider. <laughs> you did, right. You Come did, on. Right. <laughs> I'd be on the subway with the negs like that. <laughs> right. Because it's fluorescent and kind of, kind of even. Yeah. But, you know, you know, we, we get to, we, as teachers, we get to see that too when our students like pull out those rolls of film from the tanks and yeah. they, they're, they're just holding it up to the fluorescent lighting for five, ten minutes at a time instead of hanging it in the dryer. It, you was, know? it relates yeah, to yeah. the childhood experience Tripping I had when I, when, I, when I was a bar mitzvah boy. Yeah. It's like when, when you first took that reel, well, in my case it was probably a Patterson uh, you know, Jobo. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then he took it out as a 13 year old huh. and then, you know, and then I remember going to other photo other teenage photographers in my little small suburban town. And then mm. there was this guy, Bernstein. He was advanced. <laughs> and he had like a, he had like a red light. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and like he, he had like this timer thing with glow numerals. <laughs> I mean, really? You That's know. great. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I'm with you. I wouldn't... <laughs> I, in my workflow and in the darkroom, I, after it comes out of the wash, after it's been thirty-five or, uh, I, or a mix of medium format okay. and thirty-five. So, but when I'm pulling it off the reels, it's like pull it off the reels, squeegee with my fingers or with a rubber thing. It's immediately like yeah. as I'm ah, yeah, yeah. A, like stretch and then, your arms and then, out. And then we have the like the is it sharp thing, right? Oh, or is it just uh, me? Oh no! Oh, yeah. oh like 
No. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm responding, but is right. it sharp? Exactly. It's like, <laughs> so that looks good, but will it, sh- it blow up? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I, it, it, um, the Yiddish word for Im- patience again oh, is... Oh, Zitzfleisch. 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 Yes. Is also the reason why I'm I'm actually setting up a, a little uh, uh, darkroom sink and uh, to process my own color again because it's gotten... Your negatives? Yes, because it's... No, it, I don't know anyone that does that at home. Yeah, I have. I have did it... I did it... Uh, most of the time I shot color for, for wow, many years, but... i never heard... I mean, it, rare. It, it's it's be... C41? It's C41, oh my exactly. God. I, yeah, I'm going to be processing That's it again. Because <laughs> I can't wait. Right, I, I, I can't... Right, now yeah. I drop it off at places. I might not see it for three, four, five days, you know. Wow, that's intense. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful, <laughs> really. Because that's, yeah. te- that's a tedious process, no? You know, I have the Jobo. It's, uh, it, there's nothing really that tedious about it. Once you mix everything up, yeah. you're just... It's just Good timing. For you. P- dumping and... You're know, pouring in and dumping, pouring in and dumping. Good and, for you. machine does all the work, really. Yeah. <laughs> Push, pull, all that. You know, I don't. Oh, I, I, I do normal times. Plus I, a quarter. Because I add. I I I usually shoot a stopover. And yes, then, I yeah, always yeah. try to do that. Right. Mm. <laughs> stopover is key with color net. That's right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that just got really nerdy. Yeah, yeah you got to get yeah, it right. That's like thumb sucking, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like this place. There'll be a plenty to print from. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, this has been a, a wonderful conversation, oh, and I'm thank glad. you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. And what's not coming across in our voices, but maybe if you tune in, you'll hear a little tremolo because we're in this, uh, we're at the big room here at SVA, and it's also quite cold today, and it's chilly <laughs> in true. here. So. Which is good for color negative. <laughs> exactly. Ah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> good yeah, for yeah. color materials. Yeah. Yes. professional. <laughs> well, Jeff, thank you so much. You're welcome. And have a great day. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.